already. Up already. Welcome to Still Talking Uncut. I'm your host, Big Easy, joined by my co-host, Sean Rigsby. We got a special guest, you know, honored to have my man, an amazing comedian, moonshiner, TV star, our boy, Killer Bees. Welcome to the show, my man. It's a pleasure. Love the Bucky shirt. Dude, thank you, man. I am so tickled to get to be on with you guys. This is a hoot, man. And uh, it's for, here's what's something weird about Bucky's. You know, for those that don't know, I'm a professional stand-up comic. Been doing it for 42 years. Time out. Hey, Sean. All right, I'm back. Anyway, <laughs> so my tour, this last time we went out, we were out, we were out for six, five out of the past six weeks touring. Um, and and the the other week I was filming with with uh, moonshiners, but but I went I have been to nine different Bucky's. That's how big a tour I have been on this season. Nine different nice. Bucky's. And Sean, get this: every time I'm there, Bucky is there. I'm like, dude, I just saw you. <laughs> we were in Lexington. Remember, that's me, bees, and he does like, which means yeah, I remember. <laughs> so, nice. They're Every building one right by same, me and Sean. Yep. Yeah, we got the same booker or something. So we Maybe, end up for Bucky's. <laughs> so yeah, they're they're building one right right in between me and Sean. Now where is that? Uh Dayton, Ohio, just like the 70, 75 interchange. Uh, y'all are near Dayton, Ohio? Yes. Yep. Dude, I love Dayton, Ohio. I used to work a um 42 years doing stand-up. I can't remember the name of all the different comedy clubs. But I used to do shows in Dayton, and we would go to the Wright-Patterson um, yep. Air, Air Force, Force Museum. Museum. That big, I love airplanes. I've, I've loved airplanes since I was a kid. Nice. Um, but what a great museum at Wright-Patterson Field, man. That is a badass place. I think it's one of the biggest in the country. They've added a lot to it over the last three or four years. So next time you come in town, man, we'll get together and go. I, love, I used oh. to love taking the kids. We'll do that, man. I love that place. They've got that that first little uh, jet plane, that little jet fighter that the Germans mm-hmm. came up with, the ME-260, something you've seen that? Did you, it was like a little bat kind yep. of. Yep, yep. It was real late in the war, so it didn't do any good, but it was like the first jet um Fighter plane ever. Yeah, it's amazing. I thought y'all needed to know that. (laughs) (laughs) I have my finger on the pulse of society, sir. So I just knew that there were millennials out there going, I wonder if there's some kind of bad looking aircraft that they come up with back in those timely days that we could have to sit and listen to. The bat wing for Batman, you know. And it's free. Hey, that's, that's, this, is cool. this is cool being on y'all's podcast. It's a lot. It's a lot of fun to me. I have so much uh, um, time that I have to spend on the road that it's fun to be home back in the crib. I'm chilling up in the crib, and no, uh, no so it is cool that I get to just not be on stage for once or not be on camera with Discovery Channel. So thank you very much, Don. <laughs> Just hanging out and going to shoot shit, you know, so. Uh, we got to put a band together. There you go. Yeah. Always, always on the bongo drums. That, that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, here's what I've learned in my many years in showbiz. If you're going to hire a bongo player, get an old guy, because a lot of them have palsy, and it just helps them keep moving, so. Just a tip from a guy that's been around. <laughs> you, learn, you learn a few things on the road, huh? Yep, yep, yep. Dude, I've been doing stand-up professionally 42 years. So nice. that is an amazing th- thing to me. And before I did that, of all things, y'all, Big Easy, get this, my friend. I worked in a 911 ambulance. I was the guy, I started that gig in 1972 when I was a senior in high school in Jackson, Mississippi. I think that I was the youngest person in the history of that state to run emergency calls in an ambulance. And so I was the guy that worked on you in the back and I was hilarious. (laughs) I can imagine. (laughs) 
I don't know how appreciated it was, but I was pretty good. Me and my partner, with the, we were the young guns. We were like little bitty skinny guys, and we'd go on these calls, man, where there'd be like, you know, big, heavy people. And I was the king of like, so your leg, dude, your leg looks so bad. Can you get a selfie with it? <laughs> that has got to hurt. That is got, let me ask you, what do you weigh? 362 pounds. That is amazing. Um, can you crawl over to that ambulance and get in it? <laughs> that, sounds like you're talking yeah, I'll to hold me. Your beer. I'll hold I can, your beer. Thank you. So, I, I, can, I can help you get up. I can't lift you up. So. Yeah, so, no lie, dude. No so, lie. So how did you go about getting into comedy? I mean. One, Sean, number one, and honest, honest answer, number one, I did not do my homework growing up. So that was part of it. I had no formal skilling other than three years in a 911 ambulance, uh, yada, yada, yada. But uh, uh, I was playing blues guitar in Mississippi, Jackson, Mississippi. And my, my last name is Beasley, and people call me Bees since I was a little bitty. All my friends call me. You know how they'll abbreviate your last name? understand so you know right so i played in these little blues bands and i would go out in front of uh of whatever band i was in and do my little guitar thing and the people that knew me would go that was killer bees and the people didn't know me thought it was killer bees on guitar so now i had that little name guitar playing so i was working and i've been funny since i was a little bitty baby I've been funny since I was teeny little. And so I was working in a guitar store, selling guitars, playing blues on weekends. And this band, the house band at a high profile um, venue in Jackson, Mississippi, came in and went, dude, Kenny, the guy that runs it, needs a comedian. You should go do it. And I had heard that all my life. Wittiest and school. I've been funny since I was a baby. Um, but anyway, so I went down and told the guy, man, I'm, I'm a funny EMFer. And then I go, ask anybody's mom. And he gave me the gig. <laughs> so my first nice. time there. Nothing ever, plays like a mom joke. Dude, I'm I walked in there, you know. I, but literally, my earliest memories is of being funny as a child. I grew up in a funeral home in Jackson, Mississippi, uh, Kosciuszko. My dad was an embalmer, and I was a toddler and had the run of the place, and I saw all these sad people come and go from where I live, and I learned that I could do cute little silly stuff. This is my oldest memories. I could do cute little silly stuff, and the crying people would stop crying and come over and talk to me and smile. So I think that's filled my compulsion my entire life to make people laugh and smile. So, and I did that even when I worked in the ambulance. So it's been really, uh, y'all, a labor of love to have my career. I'm one of those very blessed people that do absolutely what I love for a living. Yeah, no, it, no. it is absolutely amazing, dude. Absolutely. And I luckily... Thankfully, I get it, and I am thankful and appreciate it because it is. I'm in such a cool situation. There's work involved. You got to work. You got to bust your ass, you know. But really, really blessed. I'm one of those rare people, and it, and it is only in the last number of years dawned on me. I wish I had the same heart set, if you will, now. I wish I had that same heart set then to understand just how blessed I am to get to do 42 years doing stand-up. You know, what? what is that? Getting to make people laugh and smile. So um, I am absolutely one of, one of those absolutely grateful cats at, at what I get to do. So I just with you, man. Yep. So are you from Mississippi or are you from Tennessee or? I was born 
in Andalusia, Alabama, little bitty town. It's near a smaller town called Op. <laughs> but I was in Mississippi when I was a preschooler, by the time I was a preschooler. So I grew up in Jackson, Mississippi, and started my comedy career there, and then went from Jackson. I got some traction doing stand-up. I've been real blessed in my career. I got some traction doing that and went to Nashville, Tennessee to Zany's Comedy Club. It's like one of the A rooms in the country and did an open mic guest set and the management drug me into the office and <laughs> talked to moving from Jackson, Mississippi to Nashville, Tennessee. And they managed me for a number of years. And that's when I got in with TNN and CMT. I did a hundred appearances on TNN back in the day when I had my big giant mullet. Sean, y'all, big easy. I had a mullet, dude. I had like a big gigantic mullet. And Pictures so didn't happen. One, do what? Pictures there didn't happen. It, he's just he's just mad because he's running one. for his. Hey, bro, I would kill for a mullet. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I did. Well, I would. I would commit. I would do bad things if somebody would just let me have one for a week and it was would, real. You would kill for a freaking bun. mustache. I would anything, man. Like you kill for a top knot. I would like I, the, the the two the whole, I would kill for Homer Simpson hair. Just two little nice strands coming out of the top. Give me anything, you know, at this point, you know, anything. <laughs> Man, hair, a, it's a double-edged sword. One time I decided when I had my big giant mullet that I was going to get it permed. I have no idea what overcome me to think I wanted my freaking head permed. But I got a perm in my big giant showbiz mullet, and it was ringlets. I looked like Shirley Temple. <laughs> Y'all are young. I don't know if you can get that reference, but I was like, oh my God. So my wow. little girl, my little girl has real, real curly hair. And that's what everybody says that meets her. They're like, oh, you look so you, you look just like Shirley Temple. Okay, well, God, well then that's not a bad reference. Look that's at me right. roll. <laughs> that's right. When I when I was in high school, I had hair and I dyed it just straight blonde. You know, just straight blonde. <laughs> I enjoyed it while I had it. I just wish I could, I could have enjoyed it more. So, oh, oh JJ well, said, said hello there, bees. Oh, is that Jay? Is that yeah. Joe Jackson? Yes, sir. Oh, Joe Jackson. He is so much fun. Oh, my yeah. God. I got to see him Saturday, man. I love JJ. Got to try his uh, malted blue corn <laughs> liquor he got put out. He has bottle released, and I got to try it. It was amazing. Yeah, that's Dude, really good. Hey, let's all chime in right now. JJ, thanks for your service, buddy. Love you. Yes, yes sir. sir. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you, JJ. And anybody else listening, thank you. Excellent. You know what? I absolutely, my draft number from Vietnam was 257, and they ended up not calling me. So, you know, if they had told me, come on, I'd have had to go on, but they didn't. So I'm like, all right, well, that's cool. Because it, it was pretty ratchet. <laughs> <laughs> so, how you doing, so Tanner? Sean, real quick, man, your your uh, Sugarlands release. Are you getting traction on that? I mean, I see some social media stuff going on with you. Uh, I mean, nothing more than normal. I mean, uh, a lot of people's reached out to me, asked me how to get it, where to get it. You know how much it costs, but I mean, other than that, not a whole lot, really, to be honest. Um, are they are they shipping it? Can no. they people shipped? Nope, it's uh, only available at the Gatlinburg Distillery downtown Gatlinburg. Okay, gotcha. So, gotcha. I suspect I'll be over that direction next month. So, okay, um, I'll be out doing some science with Digger and them. Some science, huh? <laughs> Yeah, which is, which is hilarious. So that's something to, you know, touch base on. So uh, how did you come about meeting them and yeah, getting into getting into making liquor? Yeah. Well, and that's a cool, and it's a, it's a good question. Um, probably almost now, almost 30 years ago, um, I was doing some shows 
in Nashville and the venue was keeping me at the big giant, then it was called the Opryland Hotel. It's the Gaylord properties now, but a big giant billion dollar hotel in Nashville. And it was probably, Sean, like 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning. I was on an elevator by myself. The door opened, and this hillbilly-looking fellow in overalls come <laughs> rolling luggage cart in, not a stitch of luggage on it, but a bunch of cardboard boxes full of jars. And some of them were kind of wet. So I looked at him, he looked at me, and I went, what's in them jars? Like that. And he goes, who are you? Well, I'm Killer Bees. Well, I'm Digger. So that's when we first met. So we, allegedly, they say we partied at that hotel. Okay, I'm not here to give testimony on any of that, as it be. Anyway, then, fast forward. 25, 30 years, something like that. I'm doing a concert in Bristol, Tennessee, and I get a hit on my Twitter feed. Bees, it's Mark and Digger from Moonshiners. And I had seen the show. It's Mark and Digger from Moonshiners. We're big fans. And I'm like, Digger, I know that guy. He goes, you're in our neck of the woods. Come see us. So my wife, who I married my manager, by the way, um, <laughs> So I married the the lady who owns a company that books me. So, whoop. Anyway. Hey, hey you know, if, if you go, go to Paris, she's going to spend your money anyways. You know. Money, money, right? <laughs> you're, you're right. You know what I'm saying? Dude, unlike everybody else who wife spends her money, mine gets me on the Grand Ole Opry. That's right. It's so. yeah. <laughs> wise man logic. You know, I hope you all are listening. Young fellas, pay attention. You know, pay attention. pay attention. I'm telling you, you gotta play the you gotta you gotta work the bait. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so so anyway, so we had driven up to Johnson City, so I'm like, or Bristol. So I'm like, look, we need to go by there and see them because I'm already thinking I need to be on that show because I was already a fan. And uh and I could tell she was like, You and Moonshine, that's all I need. <laughs> but we went and uh and I know, right? So went, we hung out with Digger and hit it off. We uh, both have a background in the uh, mortuary sciences. Um, his company owned funeral homes, his family owned funeral homes. I was an apprentice and bomber. So, um, so, so, so we hit it off. So he said to us during breakfast before we left, we spent the night. He goes, man, he goes, look. He goes, you need a, you need us. To, I need to teach you to make moonshine. And I thought you need to get me on that show, but I didn't say it. I was really cool. For once, I kept my mouth shut. Oh, okay, that's interesting. So we're driving home, and I'm just hammering corporate. I'm telling man, my demographics, yada yada yada. And she's just like, oh my god, I cannot believe it. So anyway, but she gets it. So we took off uh, work. For a month in June, that year June is hard to get people to come to live performance because they've been on the river all day, been on the lake all day, been on the ball field all day. So that's kind of a slower time for performance artists. And, you know, it sounds weird. Anyway, so I went up to Digger's place for a full month, and Digger and myself and JB Raider made moonshine those were my teachers when i first started i guess it's been eight years ago now eight or nine whatever um was digger manus and jb raider that's amazing so i i know right so we did a uh, peach moonshine cranberry moonshine and corn liquor during that month that i was there and during that, for a lot of people who know or do not know, Digger has a really neat cabin on a live creek in the mountains. And I just stayed there for the month. Um, has little has little trout in it, all this kind of stuff. But anyway, so we would mash in there, and I tended the mash barrels and, and so forth and so on. So during this month, 
um, I was being really cool about not saying, y'all need to get me on the show. Right, because it's international TV. I mean, we get we get fan mail from Australia, the UK, Germany, all this stuff. And having been at the time over 30 years as a stand-up comic, you know, when you're in any industry, you have to sort of reinvent yourself, repackage, new ingredients, yada, yada, yada. So I'm thinking, so this would really help me out. So while me and Digger and JB are out there up in the mountains, mashing in, running, they have phone service and they're talking to Discovery Channel and about the new season. And they're kind of, Digger and were trying to get me on the show because we hit it off. We, we became blood brothers immediately. And, and so, um, New York was kind of balking, well, why do we need this guy, yada, yada, yada. And they were saying that they wanted more money deals. We need bigger money deals, you know, you know, because um, people want to see everybody's industry, everybody's operation grow. So while we were out there talking about that, um, it don't know me that I know everybody in Nashville. And I did a bunch of projects in old timey days and then on, and am on an album with the Leonard Skinner band. So I called my buddy Ed King from Leonard Skinner, who co-wrote Sweet Home Alabama, plays all that guitar on it, um, and told him, man, I need to help me out with something. He goes, what's that? I go, it'll help my career. <laughs> he goes, anything. Calling in a favor. Goes, I know, right? He goes, he goes, anything. I go, well, I need you to buy $30,000 worth of gin. This is when Mark and Digger made that big-ass batch of gin. Up at I the remember Bruce. that. Yeah, awesome. way back in old timey days. And so I, I go, look, dude, I go, it's gin, it's handmade, it's from the woods. And I don't remember the how many gallons, but it was a $30,000 deal. And at the time, that was the biggest deal on the history of that show. So I'm talking to this lead guitar player from Skinner. Man, I need you to help me out with something. He goes, what do you need? I need you to buy $30,000 of illegal moonshine. <laughs> in your home on camera okay so, nice yeah he's like i'm gonna have to call you back <laughs> so, there's my wife <laughs> right so we went a couple we of it, weeks we back. <laughs> dude I, and look and look so he was like yeah yeah i want to do i want to do that man because but his wife his wife sharon is the gatekeeper same thing with with my wife, corporate, we call her corporate. Um, if people want to get to me, they got to go through corporate, you know. So Ed goes, he goes, dude, he goes, you got to talk to Sharon. I'm like, oh, my. I mean, that was pucker factor right there. Yeah. So I talked to Sharon a little bit. And then finally she goes, well, you know what? This new house we bought. She said, Hi, it's a freaking mansion. This new house we bought has all these jars of water jars of unlabeled jugs of unlabeled water in the basement. She go, maybe, maybe that'd be a good place to stash the moonshine. And then I was like, they're in. Yeah, they're <laughs> so in. I come to I said, look, dude, dude, I, I look, I, I don't even know what I'm doing yet. I'm bootlegging already. I go, man, I go, I go, I'll bring, I can bring the Skinner guy in. He will buy that gin for 30 grand if you'll let me do it if they'll put me on it. So he calls back to up to New York and look, man, B's landed a freaking deal, you know, and I had never bootlegged in my life. Just <laughs> B's got Skinner. B's got Skinner. <laughs> and, I know, I know. and so used to back when Digger, when, when me and JB and Digger were out in the woods just on our own doing these runs and Digger would send like a text you know, the one, the big wigs, it'd be like two or three days before yeah. or anything. So I told her, look, man, I go, the Skinner guy will come do it. We've got this sold. We can actually pull this off. We can film it in his mansion. And so, and so, um, 
and you got to be hush hush about it. You can't just go tell everybody. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So he sent the guy a text, and ten seconds later, Digger's phone rings. What's this? What's this <laughs> yeah, about? Brings yeah, yeah. in. He's got the hookup. He'll do the sale with Skinner. So just like that, it was done. So that's how uh, that's how I got on the show. And so um, because of uh, two factors, one, I'm a science buff and I like to work. So Mark and Digger have kept me around as a steel hand. You know, I've had many, many episodes just running a steel. So that's a plus in my column. But the other things I have been in showbiz for so, so long, I know so many people in and around Nashville and in and around the business. The last season I sold to uh, um, Willie Nelson's granddaughter, Raylan Nelson, who mm-hmm. is an amazing punk rock country act, who is really great. So, so I get to do some fun stuff, man. It's all matters, having a good time, you know. And it doesn't matter what you're doing, you know, let's have a great time. Let's enjoy it, enjoy it for what it is. Even if it's a bad time, let's turn it into a great time, you know. Why not? <laughs> Make the best of everything. Uh, and you yeah, know what? Uh, and we go have ahead, that Will. Power. We can make that decision to make it a great time. You're yep. absolutely right, dude. Yep, that's, that's so, our, our decision on how we're going to spend this time. And, you know, let's make the best. Of, even when it's bad, let's make the best of it. Ain't nothing like a little smile, a little laughter. It can't help and cure. So it goes a long way. And dude, it's in the, hey, it's in the Bible. So, a yep. merry heart doeth good like a medicine. So do you ever do you, do you ever do you have like small rig at home that you make stuff for yourself with? I cannot answer that question, sir. All right, all right, all right. well done, well done. I am in oh. a subdivision. I am in a you know what I'm talking about <laughs> subdivision where they scrape every living thing off the face of the earth and I understand. twelve houses in a three house spot. I so understand. you know what an HOA <laughs> is. <laughs> My yeah, neighbor, my neighbor farts. My pillow flies off the bed. I got you. I got you. I got you. And, so. it, and I'm and I am the only beatnik here. There gotcha. is doctors. It's educators. So wow. I am nice. 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 I'm, I'm a stalwart figure in the community, sir. <laughs> when I actually go to the third bay of my garage and crank up an electric steel with a thermostat, it keeps you from scalding your mash. I don't think so. I don't no. think so. Now, theoretically, <laughs> if you could make things at home for yourself, what would you like to make? What do you like to make for you to drink? I like brand. If if, and I'm glad you asked. Right, if if I were distilling, I think is the term people use. Um, I like brandies. I like nice. brandy. My man. So do we. I, I like brandy. brandy. Little bit, little bit different mashing time. With grains, you know, obviously a little bit different animal, but uh, I like brandies. That's fun to me. I like brandies. Yeah. So, you know, fruits are fun. They are. Good old peach brandy, man. Ain't nothing like it. Ain't nothing like a good old peach brandy. Right. And I've got pear trees in the yard and so forth and so on. And and squirrel. Squirrel is a brandy. Okay, I'm wrong on that one. But anyway... (laughs) So let me. You, I try it. I try it. So you distill it. I'll try it. <laughs> <laughs> so you were asking me about my brand earlier about uh, through Sugarland. So right. if I'm not mistaken, you've got a little something going on somewhere uh, as far as a uh, label. Talk yes, a I bit. do. Talk a little Sean, bit about that. And here's what is such a coincidence. I happen to have a jar of the Killer Bees. Appalachian Ambrosia Moonshine. Man, I gotta give it, me a jar of that. It is distilled by South Mountain Distillery. Nice. Uh, Big Nick Calo or Kalo? How do you say his last name? Flipping coin. Big I don't, Nick, I, I don't I know. Big, so. Nick. <laughs> Big Nick is on that label. JB Raider and I are label mates um, with this, but the Appalachian Ambrosia is a uh, we're shooting for the female demographic on that um it is it's a low proof it's 60 proof so it's 
palatable. It's a fruity drink. It's got mandarin, orange, coconut, maraschino cherries. Nice. Um, it kind of is reminiscent of the old ice cream, the dreamsicle, the orange Ooh. sherbet and vanilla. It's sort of that kind of a flavor. And on the label, I have She Shed Approved. And I put <laughs> nice. some Oh, I know, man. I put some other little stuff. Night your nana's moonshine. <laughs> enhance your dance. It's my party. I'll shine if I want to. That's where the money's at, you know. So to the I ladies. Have, the ladies are where yeah, the money's exactly. at. You know, that's who's got the same more jars. you got to do it. And that's on right. the label, I added, makes 30% of husbands look hot again. <laughs> <laughs> and the feds, get this shot, the feds denied my license, booted it out of the system, scolded me, told me, you cannot prove it makes 30% of husbands look hot again. <laughs> so evidently, somebody that was 45% ugly was doing my thing. So I had to move that, I had to remove that one line. Uh, okay. But, uh, so, I mean, but I guess now we're up and running. Me, me. It's a, it's available at uh, moonshineinternational.com. I think they can ship to like 37 states. Um, you, we're in Kentucky, you, the Carolinas, Tennessee, and starting September 1, it goes into the ABC stores in my home state here in Alabama. So we're pretty pumped up about it. So thanks for asking. Do you know if uh, Ohio gets if it gets shipped to Ohio? To I do out. not know, sir. Well, not my not my bailiwick. Marty, yeah. here. We'll, we'll find out. We'll find out. So. <laughs> cool, brother. Hell yeah! But uh, so you, you said Alabama. So uh, I know a few boys down in Alabama. Uh, old Jimbo and uh, and Johnny Griffiths. Oh yeah, man! I love them, man. I've known Johnny Griffiths a long time. As a matter of fact. Johnny Griffiths helped us with the um, with the the uh, original recipe of the Appalachian Ambrosia. Okay. As a matter of fact, Johnny and I have done some uh, projects together, some film stuff together. He, he's he's good people. He's good. Oh people. yeah, oh yeah. I don't know Jimbo as well. I've only met Jimbo one or two times, so I haven't. I've uh, seen him as much, but I've I've had a lot of uh, face to face with Johnny. Okay. Stuff we can't really discuss, Sean. Right. You, you get it. <laughs> so easy you get where I'm coming from, sir. Oh, I understand completely. <laughs> so yeah. a lot. <laughs> when a you're lot. in the top level of security and espionage, you really Hey, even when you're at the bottom level, there's still some things you just can't or, talk or, about. Yeah, or that. <laughs> hey, or that's if you get married. That's right. You know. That's why it's nice to have friends in low places, if you know what I mean. Yeah, you always you always need some buddies to do some sketchy <laughs> shit. And those same buddies going to be the ones that bust your balls when you make a mistake. So that's how yeah. it should be. Uh, dude, I know. My wife was busting my balls the other day. She did it by throwing her purse on the floor and stomping it. You, you, your wife must know my buddy LeMaster's wife. Isn't it? Yeah, his balls are in hers. Yes. <laughs> look, at, look at this genius stuff flowing. World's greatest podcast. Oh, Joe Rogan's going to be like, who are these guys? Oh, man. Where's a couple of dumbasses from Ohio like Drake Legger talking it about might be stuff. three. Let's have a good time. <laughs> As long as we're having a good time, that's all that matters. So absolutely, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so, so what's the biggest? Go ahead. Uh, go ahead. I was going to say, what's the biggest still you've gotten to run on on the show, off the show, in a distillery, or anything like that? Well, I've had some cool stuff. One time, I opened a concert um, for for it was me. This was at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway the night before the first ever Brickyard 400. Okay, before the ever first thing. I opened a concert. I was actually on the poster. This is some of my stuff I did with Skinner. I did some projects with them. Um, I did three minutes for several thousand dollars because you cannot do stand-up comedy at a 
festival type rock concert where they're showing their boob and smoking doobies and you know you can't do stand up you go up for 30 seconds hey thank you are you ready to rock yeah. and then you get paid to hang out but a hundred and twenty thousand people were there that's the biggest live audience i have ever worked and it was me follow me was a band called pride and glory which is a guitar player named Zach Wilde. He's Ozzy's guitar player. He went on to have a band called Black Label Society. So it was me, Zach Wilde's band, 38 Special, Bad Company, Ted Nugent, and Skinner. So me and corporate are at this thing, and I'm actually on the bill. So I go up, I do my little thing, I go... I've been doing this, I've been at this a long time, so I knew not to go try to tell jokes. You know what I'm saying? I knew better. So I go up and go, thank oh yeah, it's gonna be whoa, and I go get my chair and I'm like, look at this. So my wife and I are hanging out backstage, they have catering, and this was like a huge rock star show. So they had big giant steaks and stuff on grills and brought in. So we go back there and we're loading up plates up. So we get all this just badass grub and so we go we sit down and as we sit down we look up and there's this girl that had gone through catering that's like real tall beautiful real leggy real tall girl with a little tray and every time she'd get near people they would all turn their backs on her or they would just walk away like and we're, my wife's like look everybody's shunning this chick what is up with that so she is walking back and forth so my wife says hey come sit with us she goes oh Thank you. She comes over. She sits down. She sits straight across from me. Gorgeous, big, tall, gorgeous girl. I say, because I'm just stupid and I say something, I go, dude, why is everybody running from you? And I swear, y'all, she says, Ted Nugent's my daddy. <laughs> so we put the word out to all the roadies, all the crew. If anybody talks to my daughter, I will kill you. This was back when he was pulling a guitar on stage and shooting it with a flaming arrow awesome. on his last, on at the end of Stranglehold. So, uh, so that is something we we still think about, and that's been a quarter century ago, man. But that was so funny. Yeah, Ted, you just my daddy. We're like, wow. That's awesome. Some things you just never forget, you know. Oh, I know, man. I know it has been an amazing thing. So, so touring, you mean you forget what what town you're in, you know? So it's just. Uh, I think I have to be last just this weekend. <laughs> right. Right, man. So, um, so it is a dream come true gig, though. Literally, you know, if you have a job you love, you never work a day in your life. That's, right, man. Yeah, and that's pretty, and that's totally true for half the day. <laughs> Here's what people don't know about about people in showbiz performers, or me, I guess, is I work morning, noon, and night. Mm-hmm. When I'm on tour, I'm up early morning doing local radio or TV news in the markets that I perform in. So I work around the clock. It's not just go chill and then yeah. walk on stage at, at 8.35 and do an hour and, and walk and, off. And I, I would imagine that even when you're out in your regular day life, you're still working, you know. And you meet people yeah. and, and, you know, you got... Got to play the part. You always got to play the part when you meet somebody, you know. Hey, and, and even when you don't meet them, and I'm glad you brought that up, dude, even when you don't meet people, because a lot of people will not come up and speak to you, mm -hmm. but even when you don't meet them, you are setting an example. Yes. Yeah. That's something we all have to remember. Even if you're not in a showbiz life, we all set examples. If somebody at Walmart sees me push a cart back where it belongs or go to some elderly person or whatever and let me move their cart back for them, when people see us do the right thing, it registers with them. So that's something else that, uh, that I just want to say. You know, that's what we all need to be doing 
is sucking it up and doing the Bible says above all else, love one another. <laughs> I, I really yeah. in my life want to see more of that. So, so I just share that because that's on my heart every okay. single day. So I've got a random oh go ahead. No, you're good. Oh, so I got a random question for you, Killer. So as far as being a comedian, aside of yourself, who's your favorite comedian? Steve Martin. Steve Martin. Right up front. Ever since I was a little boy, he's been he's silly, he's funny. When he my type stand-up comedy, if people have not seen me, I'm a storyteller and it is happy upbeat comedy i'm not a put down artist i don't do dark stuff i don't complain i don't put people in their place mm -hmm. i bring levity i want people to get to see silly fun stuff that keeps them away from all that crap that piles yep. up on everybody all day long every day yep. as so, a uh, as, as as somebody who's who's you know acts is clean and, and you know family and love and you know, it has it made it harder to succeed as, as a comedian? Or do you find that, you know, you got your own niche and, and that love is, is spread easily and well accepted and it's made it easier? Well, answer is yes to both of those. Okay. Working cleaner makes it harder. Yes. And I'm going to say this, 42 years into it, I was not a clean comic this entire time. I was the bluest of the blue. I yeah. am a bone crusher. I'll just say that unabashedly. But, but as I mature, as I grow as a person, I realize the higher road is to work clean, but be as devastatingly funny nice. anyway. Well, and well that's, done, sir. Where, that's where the nut cutting takes place. Yes, yes, sir. <laughs> it's so much easier to do blue material and get that instant audience response. You have to be a bone crusher to get that same kind of response doing a clean set. And I've been in it long enough that I like taking on that challenge. Nobody has ever complained that a show was not dirty enough if it's funny enough. That's right. So yeah. that's where the bar is set, and it is nice. way, way high, and it is hard to do, especially with the dynamics and the mood of America this day and age. You have to suck it up and touch people with the images you create in their head from the stage this well, day you, and age. You're going to work clean. Yeah. Well, you know, more, pe more people are going to remain remember you for a positive experience than they are a negative experience. A positive experience well, is going to st stick with a person a lot longer, you know, like fill a person's heart and, and they'll love you longer, you know. You know what? I have to agree with you like that. I do, man. I, I love good people that do good things. And I think most of us do. So I think you're on, on the target with that. Now, um, you do shows all the time. Are you based, are you based out of one place um, most of the time and then you tour around? And if so, you know, when can we come see you and where at? Yeah. Well, I live at I live in Mobile, Alabama, which I do not do lots of shows when I'm at home in Mobile. Um, one, I like to have my little fortress of solitude here at you know, at Fort Bees, which Fort is what Bees. I call my house. Nice. You know, when you, man, when you do your job in front of hundreds or thousands of people, every time you do your job, you know, it is really um, a relief to get back inside the four walls of your home, you know, watch your TV, hug your little dog, um, cook on your grill, that kind of stuff, you know. Yep. Um, there is not a comedy club. There's not a comedy scene in Mobile, which is really kind of neat for me. I worked out of Nashville for many years, and Zany's Comedy Club was my home club. And if I were going to say my headquarters or my home club, I would claim Zany's in Nashville. 
Um, but other than that, I'm 42 years into it. Corporate, my wife, corporate and I own the company that books me. And this day and age, we do more of theaters because I can make as much in a night as a theater that people make in a week at a comedy club. Mm -hmm. um, in great part because of my tenure on Moonshiners. You know, you hear the sound of my voice, my demographics, my fans love that anyway. Yeah. So that is that has helped me a lot, and um, and my wife and I are we're really devout Christians, and we're very active in our church, and we think we're getting blessed for the tithing and the work that we do. You know, I mean, that's something else that is cool about my life. My wife and I are in charge of the homeless outreach at our church. We feed people. We cook we buy our houses full of food and stuff clothing socks all that that we just try to help other people with so um it's it's all good in my life man i'm just a happy happy person and it hasn't always been this way you know i've been through a lot of darkness in in the past almost 70 years and um it's really cool to get to share part of my heart and philosophy with people from the stage. That's why I don't do blue material. I don't pick on people. I'm not a put down guy. And it amazes me that I'm a position in a position to do that. You know, so this so it's oh, yeah. really cool to get to do it and to get to shoot for what we're shooting for, you know, and we're like everybody else. We're just human. We fail, but holy moly, I can't believe I'm, I can't believe the words coming out of my mouth, Sean. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just tell y'all, I changed my life a few years back and it, you know, and I do not fret. I don't fret over stuff. I don't worry. I take yep. every day as it comes. I have faith mm -hmm. and I do what I love doing. And, um, it's all good, man. You never know when your last day is, you know. That's that's you do thing. never Just know. Live yep. it to you know to the fullest. But make, uh make the best of what you got right now and even when the situation's bad, you know, let's make the best of it. You know, we well, all and, yeah, and two, we can serve others, man. Set that example that makes other people go, Hey, I wanna act like that. That's the big deal. Make mm -hmm. yep. a total stranger goes, you know what? I'm opening the door for the next person I see that that walks up to, you know, whatever. I mean, that's, that's to me, is a big part of it. Inspire somebody else to do better. And you can oh, yeah. do it without speaking a word. Yep. It, it takes a lot less effort to spread kindness. A lot, a lot less effort to spread kindness. Well, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> Pen, Pen don't have uh, a uh, so, so what's the uh, what's the smallest still you've ever had the chance to run, and what's the largest still you've ever had the chance to run? Well, I'm going to think 350 gallons would be the largest one. I don't know if that's what Big Sloppy is, but I've run those big, giant, the twins and Big Sloppy yeah, nice. for Mark and Digger. Amazing. And I don't, I have not run anything smaller than a 30-gallon. <laughs> so I've been very pampered. I've not had to go through the, the trials and tribulations of having a, a, a five-gallon or a two-gallon sitting on the stovetop because it is so hard uh, on a small steel to get smooth, smooth liquor. Yep. That, that is something that I've learned through observation and hanging with people. Um, you need, you know, time, <clears throat> the, the amount of time it takes you to heat up. Time is, is a big deal in distilling. Or, or maybe maybe the repeat how rapid you heat. Maybe that's what I should have said instead of time. But that makes so much of a difference in my experience. Is 
you know, you hear low and slow all the time, but to mm -hmm. me, that is the holy grail is low and slow. Sean, when I did my master distiller, I got four jars for the entire run. I mean, okay. dude, I dripped it, dripped it, dripped it. And, um, and the, and, and it was 30 gallon stills. We had a short window. Um, so I only poured like 10 gallons of mash. I didn't fill it up. So that was one of the things that I did that helped me with to, to win that was I didn't have to push it to get my, my mash heated up to, to where I was. I remember watching your, I remember watching your episode, like, and I watch them all, but I remember watching yours, like it's well played, man. You know, it worked out and, that was yep. it was cool. It's cool to watch somebody take a different route as everybody else, and you know it still works out. It's like it's so, what it's all about watching the show. You know, you see all these different guys do things differently, and the end so of the day, me. they're all handed in a jar. So my bad, Sean. Go ahead. I'll oh, no, you're up. good. <clears throat> so tell tell everybody uh, the people that may may not have watched it what what it was that you made on there, um, and just oh, how your experience actually, was. <laughs> right. I actually made the Appalachian Ambrosia on there. I actually made this product, this product, who no home should be without. Did I mention that? That that no no relationship should have to do without this. Okay, so schools in session, a tablespoon of this every morning for a for a fifth grader. <laughs> okay. Anyway, for a parent with a fifth grader or any grade, <laughs> yeah, your soccer mom—that's the soccer mom's best friend. That's right. Um, what were we talking about? <laughs> you, hey, it's available on that website. Um, I don't forgot it. Bees will tell you what it is. That's Moonshine International. There you go. Ah, uh, it, it was the, quite a few states, Ohio <laughs> included. That's the only state I cared about it shipping to. But twenty nine ninety nine for a jar, what price? Do you know? Oh, you look, oh you looked it up? Oh hell yeah, I did. I got one in the cart already. So. <laughs> nice. Make that too. That. Yeah, I was going to ask Sean afterwards. Like, hey, bro, you just want me to add you one of these? Like, what are we doing? So. <laughs> Good for you, man. I'm not supposed to say this, but I get a lot of people laid. Hey, hey. To say, you didn't hear it from me. I tell you, it better it, it, if it's gonna work around here, man. It better be a really good jar. <laughs> well, good deal. I appreciate the, the, the vote of approval. There. That's right. So I'll let I'll let you know. You, I won't tell you any details because I don't want to ruin you. But I'll let you know. Well, you know that that's just it. Um, talk about the women, right? That's seventy percent of your market. Yeah. You know, yeah, women yeah, like yeah, it. Yeah. The men are going to buy it. And well, I, mean, I just figured it was fun to do. You know, it was it was something something neat. I had an offer from from the, the distillery to do it. I'm like, you know what? Well, that would be a cool thing. And then I actually got to make it. Uh, we did an episode of Moonshiners entitled Appalachian Ambrosia, and then I also made it on Master Distiller. So it just made sense to. Uh, yeah, um, to go yeah. with that. I was going to do pecan pie. I went to Walmart. I bought 50 pecan pies. And I rolled this card up to self-checkout. And I was going, beep, <laughs> beep, beep. And this lady in a Walmart vest come over. She goes, dude, you're killing me. <laughs> How many of these, those you got? I go, I got 50. Okay, well, move. Let me do my little key in there. So, she puts it, she's doing the thing so we don't have to scan everyone. And y'all, she turns to me, she goes, she goes, what are you doing with all these pies? And without thinking, I went, I'm going to make moonshine. And dude, you would have thought that I had told her I was going to bomb a building or something. She Really? She, oh, she we got quiet. Got got over to the edge of the thing like I was gonna murder. <laughs> oh my gosh! People ask that all the time here in the city, man. You tell them they're always like, "Can I get a jar? <laughs> Can I get a jar?" Like I don't know what it is oh, around dude. here. I'll go dude, into my and buy a hundred pounds of bananas, and they'll be like, "What are you doing with this?" And I'll be like, "I'll make lunch." 
Be like, bro, bring me a jar back. <laughs> what I do interviews and stuff around the country, like on on, on a radio stations or morning news things around the country, I have to tell people, quit asking for moonshine on Facebook. <laughs> it is amazing, man, the message of it. You don't know me. That's how it started. You don't know me. And I'm like, you're right. You're right. Can I get a jar? You don't know me. Can I get a jar? Hey, That's you don't know me. Will you ship me a jar? How much for a jar? I, I bet yeah, I bet yeah. I, I bet I get a hundred messages a day asking for a jar. My granddaddy, everybody I've met, granddaddy was a moonshine. My oh, yeah. granddaddy used to run moonshine. <laughs> That's the best part about it. Just the story Dude, that you get fun. to hear. I love it, man. I absolutely yeah, getting I absolutely love getting to do it. So well, my favorite, one of my favorite things is, is when like you go to these festivals and people come up and they're scrolling through their phones, showing you their stills, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah. Oh, I, I started this, you know, a couple of years ago because, you know, I watched the moonshiner show, you know, and then to taste some of the stuff that they, they run is just, well, it's either amazing or it's, you know, amazing. Right. So, but yeah, it's just so cool. Yeah, it is, man. Man, after my shows now, like out at the merch table, because I'll sign people's T-shirts and stuff for them, um, they will line up to give me samples of their product. It's wow. it's in my fireball. Here's my cotton candy. Here's yeah, yeah. my salted Try this. Try that. Try this. Try that. Yeah, we, had, yeah, we, yeah. we had a little moonshine festival this past weekend, and I bet Saturday I tried 50 different moonshines. <laughs> uh, Friday I tried about 30. Saturday it was up into 50s. And it's try this. And I'm not one to say no. You have, like I said, hand me a jar. I'm trying it. You know, like I'm easy. You can roofie me. I, do your thing, man. Just hand me a jar. I'm trying it. I don't care what it is. Even if I don't like it, I'm still going to try it. You know, I'm, I'm respectful. Yeah, well, there's that protocol, <laughs> dude. That's yeah. a protocol. That's so, in your. That's in your release form with a master distiller. That's that five print. So I, here's how famous I am. A guy gave me a copper coon pecker the other day. Really? At my show. You tell me that's not made it to the top. There you go. That's amazing. Here, so, here man, I make these coon peckers out of copper. This is for you. Nice. So there's... <clears throat> There's a thank, joke, thank you, sir. <laughs> there's, there's a joke that we have, like an inside joke going around. So if you he- ever hear the the words, if, "Man, that's clean," it's not very good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember how that got started, but man. that was from the jam a few years ago. Um, I'm intrigued about the copper coon peckers, you know. So uh, <laughs> if, if that dude's listening, contact me. I'm interested. I'm interested in the, in the in your copper pecker. So <laughs> at least it's copper because if it's a right. coon pecker, I ain't yeah. gonna drink it and it comes across the coon stick. <laughs> yeah, well, you don't want the brass pecker. You don't want the brass. They're turn right. green. That's right. You need a copper one. Yeah, you want so, the copper. That's awesome. You don't want the green one. That'll turn your lips green. <laughs> if you had the brass. <laughs> so no, no green lips. So, you know, I know you got to learn a little bit from Mark and Digger. So did you ever have, do you have a story of where, say, Moonshine almost killed you or you almost got hurt or anything like that? Just a funny story when it comes to that? Well, we got, we got swarmed by yellow jackets while we were out filming and, and that kind of sucked. And I had, um, I had a bunch of heart attacks in 2021, 40 years of being on tour eating road food. So when I got out of the hospital and went back to filming, we set up at an old steel site that we hadn't been at in like four years, something like that. There's like this big chunk of plywood, four by eight, you know, those big sheets of plywood. Yeah. And we're on that busting up fruit. And there was a uh, yellow jacket nest under it. And so they all flew out and stung us and stuff. And everybody wigged for a little bit because I was fresh out of having a whole bunch of heart attacks and crap. So they, well, they go stand out and see who swelled the most. <laughs> but uh, 
I didn't have any really bad effects from that, but I yeah. haven't had any dangerous stuff other than almost getting blowed up trying to light those big giant steels of mark and diggers you know they make those cores that yeah. go through the middle double burners and they you know we, lot, we one thumb one thumb length apart for the slot you know that kind <laughs> of stuff. so i've had i've been on fire and things like that because yeah. they think it's funny that's no, the definitely the thing. They think it's fun to joke or prank the comedian. You and, know, it, it, it is funny. I will say it. It's, it's, if it's I well, was a well pipe played. welder or something, pipe fitter or welder, it wouldn't be as funny. But no. they love ragging on me, so so I I make them pay me. <laughs> hey, as long as they pay you for it, like, man, do what you want. <laughs> But I haven't, but Sean, I haven't had any big close encounters with the consumption <laughs> of moonshine. I, I got into the moonshining business late enough in life that I had already drank way too much <laughs> before I got there. Same here. I have a few instances, but yeah, I yeah. try not. To, I, I, if I go somewhere and there's a lot of people, I try to hand them jars. I try to get them drunk. Same. <laughs> yeah. Not me. <laughs> they don't always work that way, but you can only hand so many, man. You got to receive quite a few. <laughs> I know. That's that double-edged sword. That's right. got to be a balance. You got to be in it with them. That's right. You yep. know, but, but yeah, man, this day and age, uh, I've, I've calmed down considerably, sir. <laughs> understandable. Understandable. So do you have any shows coming up anytime soon? I am. I'm in St. Louis coming up, yeah, I think next month. And the week after next, I'm in Central Florida, Winter Haven. I think I'm going to take off from touring during October because November's already totally filled up. Okay. Um, and and they need me to come back to East Tennessee for more filming with uh, for Moonshiners. So going to be not working quite as much right now. There's some more Grand Ole Opry appearances coming. I've done 18 Grand Ole Opry appearances. So that, that's got, been really cool. Nice. You got some more Grand Ole Opry appearances coming up? Yeah, yeah. there's some more coming up. They're, we're waiting for them, to, for them to send it. They send me like two months, three months at a time. Nice. Um, nice. So it's all coordinating. And uh, we did a new project, my wife and I own the company that books me. And we partnered with a video production company and filmed 42 freaking comedians last wow. month um, in three different cities. And so we're in the process of getting all the editing done. That'll be, a, that'll be an Amazon Prime series. Nice. Uh, called Killer Bees Presents. So we've got all those in the can, um, which was quite a grind. Oh my gosh. That oh, was okay. any project, if it involves 42 comics, dude, that is herding cats. That yeah. is cats. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm 42 anything. Yeah. Well done. Well done. Oh yeah, dude. It, well, I mean, it, we're talking about coordinating flights, hotel rooms, all yeah. that stuff. So, um, so, so we're gonna take a break here for a little bit. I'll do some filming with Digger and them, and a couple of little gigs. So I'm gonna knock off for a month or so because we've nice. been so hard. At it. So, do you? Uh, do you ever? I know you said you kind of started. Well, when you started, you you spent some time in Dayton at some of them small shows, probably Wiley's Club. I was gonna say, I bet he was at Wiley's. Uh, do you ever plan on coming back to Dayton or anywhere I, around that I area? May, I may, and this sounds so weird to say, and I feel weird saying it, but I don't <laughs> want to lie. You know, I don't want to lie, but I make as much one night in a theater as I would yep. make for well, two that's weeks. That's true. Yep. I we, mean, that's the... We that's got a real, the, a real nice Masonic Center. Real nice theater, Masonic Center. Right. So that's so, what we do these days. Yeah. Just just logistics, man. I'm old, I'm tired, I don't want to work. 
four nights in a week. I'd rather go in and do one big show. Hell yeah. Yep. If it's, you know, how's the dollars and cents? If it don't make sense, it don't make dollars. Or if it's not going to make dollars, <laughs> it's not going to make sense. That's right, Sean. <laughs> well, said, well said, Sean. He tried. That's all that matters. <laughs> well, hey, Sean, looks like we're going to have to go to uh, catch a Grand Ole Opry appearance here soon. I'm down. So, We'll plan Dude, that's a lot of fun doing the great man. There are superstars on the opera, right? You know, and I try to be cool, you know, because I'm killer beast. But I'll walk by some dressing room there, and I'll walk by and I'll be like, Send us more VIP passes, bees, and we'll make it down to the Grand Ole Opry. Dude, we can, so. and we do that. Dude, we shot a Moonshiners episode in my I, freaking dressing room at the I, know, I watched it. I watched every episode. I watched that. So. You see that sparkly red jacket? I, know, oh, yeah. I, I would like to try that on. That was the same guy that made Porter Wagner. Yeah, really, man. It'd be, it'd be no sleeves. I, I still want to. You're damn right. As long as they blow the doors off, I'll be a lot cooler. But <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Well, man, I'm just having such a ball, guys. I got to tell y'all, man. Things yeah, are going to work. It's more work than we've ever done, but it is so rewarding, and we make so much progress. That is just yeah. a dude every day's fun every day we wake up happy and thankful so yeah nice. then you watch tomorrow sir <laughs> tomorrow tomorrow I'll wake up there'll be water in the ceiling or something hey yeah you know, as good as it comes could always be worse so that's right you got so, that as, long, as long as you're upright and breathing man that's all that matters so let's have a word. great time word well, man, I got to say, man, I like, uh, I love being on Moonshiners. I love all the people I've met. I mean, from all over the country, uh, I, I tell people all the time, they're, they call them hillbillies, but they are geniuses. Geniuses oh, yeah. wearing overalls tote the spit cup. I mean, yeah. just the ingenuity, just the savvy, the smarts, man. These are yeah. smart, smart people. And so that's another thing that in impresses me and makes me enjoy doing the show and i tell you some of uh, you know we're some of the best people you'll ever meet you know the the love and compassion we all have for each other and willingness to just accept somebody and give you the shirt off your back you know it's i think everybody can learn a lot from the hillbillies you yeah. know and how we treat one another for the i most believe part. it dude i absolutely believe it brother and it's been fun getting to witness and see that for uh, for the past eight years on the show. So, yeah, so there's I'm, that. I'm sure you got to see it firsthand. You know, go from just from being a comedian and they bring you in, and then all of a sudden it's like, man, we're like we're, we're brothers now. All of a sudden we're like a family. You know, they brought me in, and and we it's all awesome. love each other. Yeah, it is. Absolutely, brother. Absolutely, man. All right, Sean, we got to jam sometime, dude. Yes, sir. We'll get together. All right, everybody, uh, thanks for joining in. Uh, Mr. Bees, Killer Bees, it was a pleasure, man. I enjoyed listening to you talk. Yes, sir. Sean, I saw you all weekend. It was a little soon to see <laughs> you again, but I'll take it. Uh, <laughs> well, we love all y'all. Uh, Bees, stick around. Don't leave after we hop off here. If you, gotcha, if you give us a few more minutes of your Thank time. You, so, everybody, have a great night. It was a pleasure. We were honored, Bees. Everybody in the comment section. We'll see y'all next week at 9 o'clock. Everybody have a great night. Shine on. Shine on. <clears throat>